And now, your host for tonight's show, World's Greatest Disc Jockey. Maybe it was Casey. Maybe it was weekend guy Casey. I, I gotta punch that kid in the face. Yo, what's going on? Episode six. Meat delivery guy during the day. Didn't think I'd make it this far. Sorry, I just ate a, uh, I just ate a, a Hershey's chocolate bar, just the the plain Hershey's chocolate bar. So fucking good. Hershey's makes the best chocolate. Godiva's good. Lint is good. But you put up, you put like five or six different chocolates in front of me. I could pick out Hershey's every time. Bet. All right, episode <laughs> episode six. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, where's a good spot? <clears throat> um, one weekend in May, I think it was Memorial Day. The last weekend in May. That's Memorial Day, right? The holiday. It's not Labor Day. Uh, yeah, no, it's Memorial Day. Yeah, we got invited. I got invited out to. Uh, to go shoot some guns, to go shooting. It's a fucking beautiful day. May, May is the best month for weather. It's a great day. Uh, it was one of Longbeard's buddies' properties. He's got a little farm out there. It's fucking gorgeous. And you would think, you would think alcohol and firearms might not be a good combination. I gotta be honest. If you get the right amount of both under the correct supervision, it's a whirlwind of fun. I'm telling you, it's the best time of your life. And then at night, fairly certain we lit a whole tree on fire. And we shot guns and drank beer all damn day. And then we lit a tree on fire at night. <laughs> That's Nebraska in a nutshell, pretty much. Guns, beer, and fire. They have plenty of it. Programming music uh, <clears throat> for a country radio station. It wasn't as in-depth as I thought it would be, and I didn't think it was going to be, you know, super complicated. But it was it was really simple. I mean, honestly, we just looked at the weekly national charts, watched those trends, what songs were going up, what songs were going down in the major markets, and then just kind of plugged that information into our program and then kind of went through with a fine-tooth comb and adjusted accordingly to what we needed. My opinion as a music director really didn't matter that much, which confused the fuck out of me because you hired me to be the director of the music, right? And I get it. You got to play what's hot. You got to play what's what's on the charts. But my thing was like everywhere, everywhere I went, everybody I met out in public, they would all mention the same kind of artists and acts, the Casey Donahue's, the Turnpikes, Aaron Lewis, Randy Rogers, uh, I mentioned William Clark Green a little bit ago. Randall King was getting hot around that time, and he was even endorsed by Garth Brooks himself. Josh Abbott Band was pretty cool. They were hot out there. All we did was just, <clears throat> like, okay, what's moving up and down on the national charts? If Luke Bryan released a song, we just immediately put it into our number one rotation. Uh, that album, What Makes You Country, came out around, the, uh, around that time. And it was just immediate. Like, without question, the following Monday... Like the I can't remember what day the album came out, but like the following week that we went to go in and reschedule our music, like just without question, we put the Luke Bryan songs in our number one rotation. And the whole time I was like, look, nothing against Luke Bryan, but why are we just immediately throwing it in there? You know, because 
are, what, women 24 to 38 love him. He's got tight jeans, and he shakes his hips. He's got sex appeal, no doubt. But it was just fucking weird. Like, why couldn't I spin something off Purgatory or anything off Midwest Farmer's Daughter? It's literally it's an album written by a woman from the Midwest. I don't know. Some things never really made sense to me, but I guess it was above my pay grade. I got scolded a couple times for playing uh, a little dive bar in Dahlonega too many times a week, that Ashley McBride song. Uh, And, of course, that song, Diane, by Cam, I think I mentioned, which is coming out. I think she put it on her new album. She got a new album coming out in October. There's a couple tracks that she's released off of it. Check it out. It's called The Other Side. It's awesome. But the song, Diane, it was released as a single back then, so I played that a couple times a week, a little dive bar in Dahlonega and a couple other ones. Not like a whole lot during the week, but I guess in in a five-day span, I would probably play them four or five times at different hours in the afternoons throughout the week. And I played it because while I'm out at Quack Off, while I'm downtown, while I'm talking to people, you know, this was the shit they were talking about. The people who listened to it were talking about these artists. And I know the afternoon listeners, you know, you don't want to schedule the same music around the same hours every day. We had Luke Bryan on a 75-minute rotation. Not that we played him every 75 minutes, but certainly every 90 minutes. And 100% within every 120 minutes, you would hear him probably twice. Which, yo, if I'm in your car every afternoon, are you going to want to hear that same shit around the same hour? Like, it's... It's too much repetition. Have a rotation, for sure. Have a playlist, but give your station some fucking personality that separates it from the other stations in town, aside from just a big green fucking frog that could not have been more uncomfortable to wear. Yeah, we had a big fucking green frog mascot. I dressed as a frog several several times. That was part of my duties as a music director and afternoon host, was to also dress as the mascot frog, which you would think I would have a hard time with, but... You'd be wrong. I had prior experience dressing up as stupid fucking animals. <laughs> I worked at Chuck E. Cheese for two years in high school. And yes, I did dress up as that rat dozens, probably hundreds of times uh, for entire eight-hour shifts. And I would have to dance for children. And I did that for like two years. And what I learned from that experience is that black kids don't fall for that shit. They know it's a stupid teenage ginger in a costume with a big head. <laughs> I'm serious. They don't fall for it. So... You want me to dress up? Uh, no problem. Get a decent fucking costume. I'll dance around. I was a fantastic Chucky in my heyday. Serious. Ask around. I just didn't understand why we had to be so goddamn regimented. We're in a small market in Lincoln, Nebraska. And if you listen to any country station now, not a whole lot has changed. You know, it's from the music and the playlist. I mean, there's like some new songs. There's a couple new artists that are on there now. But just like two years ago, I mean, not a whole lot's changed. You know the shit I'm talking about if you listen to it. I was, my, my annoyance stemmed from, like, if I have ever been good at anything in my life, it's been knowing about music. I was a music kid, you know? Like, I, I was the music kid. You know the fucking kid. Like, I, I had my headphones in my ears walking down the halls. I'd wear a black short sleeve t-shirt over a white long sleeve t-shirt. I had a wallet chain. I had a wallet chain. I was always listening to music. I always have been. When I was a toddler... When I was a toddler, I could recognize songs on the radio within seconds of them starting. Ask my family. It's the only credit I can seem to get from them. (laughs) I could recognize songs quickly. That was my talent. 
I would go out and search for music that I would hear my brother listen to on his radio at night. I grew up staying up listening to Loveline, the old one, Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew. Uh, I remember Stern when he was in D.C., 96.1 WSOX, Susquehanna Valley's greatest hits, one of my all-time favorite stations. Because it's been the station, the radio, uh, it's been the station that uh, the radio in my dad's garage has been tuned into for 20 years. WPOC used to be good. I met Michael J. once. Uh, I tried to anyway. I think he, I tried to meet him, but he big timed me at St. Jude's. <laughs> Lori D. Young's a fucking legend, bro. If you grew up in the Baltimore area and you don't know who the Queen Sarah Fleischer is, you ain't from the four one zero, homie. Look, the point I'm trying to make is that if I am at all confident to any degree in anything in my life, it's listening to and knowing and about music. I'm just like that fucking, I was that weird kid. I can't play it very well. Guitar, a little bit. I'd like to get better. I'll work on that in my 30s. But, I mean, I've been deep in, I've been deep in this game since, like, my whole life. I was that weird kid who just, like, read liner notes out of cassette things and out of the cassette decks and the, uh, not the cassette decks, you know, the uh, the pieces of paper that came with the cassettes and the, and the plastic cases. I pulled those out. I read the lyrics, the CDs, same thing. I took an internship when I was 19, got a scholarship, went to broadcasting school, worked on promotional street teams. I stayed up late running the board. I used to sleep on my boss's, uh, my boss's floor in his office at Boar's Head before I moved down to the city because I would work at the station late at night, and I didn't want to have to drive back home because I had to load the truck at like 4.30 in the morning. So I'd leave the station at like midnight, drive 20 minutes to the warehouse, sleep on the floor for Four hours, four and a half hours, wake up, load the truck, do it all over again. I did that for like, it wasn't super long, but it was long enough. I have no ego in this. You know, I would love to be the guy who showed someone their next favorite artist. And I, I have the mind for it, a decent one. Anyway, it's not perfect. Need some polishing. But I'm telling you, I got, I got that fucking weird brain for this shit. One time, uh, Hair Gel and myself, we went to an Eli Young Band concert in Omaha. Uh, somehow or another, we got on the bus after the show. I don't know. We probably pulled the radio card. <laughs> uh, but those guys were, were cool as shit. Very nice guys. Um, they played us that song, Love Ain't. Should be. I think it's still on the radio now. Uh, they played that before they released it, or a few months before they released it. Anyway, that was a really, really fun night. But I remember that night, because I was talking with one of the guys from the band. I, th- I think it was Chris, the drummer, if I remember correctly, which I probably don't. And we shot the shit about music for like 30 minutes. Artists we liked, uh, up-and-comers, shit like that. And, a f- and and feeling a sense of like, okay, if I can talk to this guy about music and keep up, then I know I gotta be on something. You know, I gotta be on to something, right? If I can talk to this guy who does it for a living and I don't, I'm not making myself out to be a total moron, then, you know, I, I might be on to something. <laughs> so that boosted my confidence, you know, when talking with my listeners, you know, Kind of had like verification from a pro. Shout out Eli Youngband. But around this time, uh, work was surprisingly uh, going pretty well. I was working a ton, a ton. I was going 12 to 7 on air, Monday through Friday, uh, voice track Saturday, and I more often than not had appearances or some sort of events to go to on the weekend nights or throughout the week. Uh, I filled in for our production guy when he was out on vacation. I also did traffic. What? There, like, <laughs> it was pretty easy. It wasn't that complicated, really. There was just a sheet of paper that had all the road closings, like, around the area. And then I just carried around a portable phone in my back pocket in case anything happened. People could call a 
People could call the traffic line. I was the traffic line. <laughs> Uh, at this at this point, I could do any like I could do anything pretty much that was asked of me. You know, I was quote unquote maintaining the promotional vehicles. Um, I just had to run them through the car wash and fill them up with gas once a week. I even got approved. Um, like the last week in May or the first week in June, I can't remember exactly, but I got approved to do a two hour live broadcast for a sister station of ours every Saturday night, which was dope because that was going to be a significant help with the bills. Um, you know, I was going to get uh, a talent fee or, or an appearance fee for two hours every Saturday night. You know, that would be, I don't I can't remember all the fucking math, but it was going to help, man. My voice just cracked. Did you hear that? <laughs> so the wheels had been spinning, but now we're starting to get some traction and I'm starting to burn down that track. Also, at this point, old doe eyes. I just couldn't stop staring, bro. <laughs> I was in deep, deep. You ever see that cartoon of the, uh, that old cartoon of the wolf who's watching the redheaded girl dance and he's banging on the table and his heart is beating out of his chest and he's whistling and his eyes are popping out and they're in the shape of hearts? Yeah, that was me. Go watch The Mask if you don't know what I'm talking about. Life was good. I was kind of, <clears throat> I was kind of starting to let my guard down a little bit. You know, I looked around. My apartment wasn't much, but it wasn't empty anymore like it was when I moved in. My fridge wasn't totally full, but it had some food in it. Finally washed my sheets, you know. (laughs) That's one of the best feelings is when, you know, you go through a funk or like, like a rough patch when you're not cleaning your shit, you're not exercising, you know, you're, you're not going outside. You're, you're hardly even taking care of yourself. That feeling when you finally do start to snap out of it and wash your sheets and eat actual food and wake up before noon, that's a good side to breathe. There was a girl laying on my couch, reading a Cosmo, eating a burger cookie, drinking coffee from my coffee pot. We were listening to my records, and I did it. I set out to do this, and here I was. Knowing that there was a tremendous amount of work to be done before I got to where I wanted to be, but I, you know, but I did it. Don't ask me how I got a Cosmo subscription to this day. I don't know how my name wound up on those magazines. I swear. <laughs> they just started showing up in my mailbox one day. I didn't have much, but everything I had, I got. You know, that's all I wanted. And I got it by being on the radio. Like, in a weird way, I, I kind of had accomplished my dream, in part. I was getting there, anyway. Um, But this is the time that I think back to when I need to think of good things. Sunday mornings, with a record on, Kenzie on the couch eating a burger cookie, drinking coffee. (laughs) It's good times. Those are good times. I had Bob Seger records, Eric Church records. I got all of Sturgill's records. Uh, I I got John Lee Hooker records. I got all sorts of stuff. But those are my happy days. Some of them, anyway. I had to set up bike racks one night. I can't remember, but the promotions director asked me if I could help a friend of hers unload bike racks off a truck and then set them up for whatever event it was. Shouldn't take long. Three hours in June. It was hot as balls. I was sweating my ass off, and the guy I was helping needed help for for a reason. Uh, he wasn't the most uh, physically gifted you know what I'm saying? I remember it because it was it was miserable work. 
And again, it was hot as balls. But like, I didn't even care. Because <laughs> like, I was, I was just in a great place. You know? I came into work on a Thursday morning at approximately 9.03 a.m. Said hi to the office grill. Jay. What's up, Jay? Uh, walked right into Cornfuck's office. And I was fired. <laughs> Can't believe I'm laughing about this now. This was traumatic when it happened. Cornfuck fired me. Uh, it was a week. It was a, it was a weird time. It was a weird time to get fired. It was a week after I got a go-ahead to do live broadcasts. Uh, still sore from carrying those fucking metal bike racks for the also not physically gifted promotions director, fired like a motherfucker. Have you ever had a moment and you knew as it was happening that you were going to remember that moment for the rest of your life? Like you'll never be able to get the images of what's happening right now out of your head. You know, like um, like people remember when JFK got shot, 9-11, obviously, I knew during this conversation while I was in that office, in my head, I was telling myself, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. And so far, I remember it as clear as day. I don't know if I'll remember it for the rest of my life, but Cornfuck said after some consideration, they decided to let me go. My immediate response was, why? And then the immediate answer, Cornfuck responded with, we don't need to get into it. Fuck you! All the fuck yous I have ever given in my life, I want to give the biggest, (laughs) most disrespectful fuck you that you can possibly give to someone, and I would like to present it to Cornfuck. We're firing you. Don't worry about why. I said, uh, I do have to worry about why. What is this? Is this this something? Did I say something on air? Was, Was this, is there some beef in the office? What's going on? Wasn't anything like that. Uh, am I allowed to say the reason they fired me? Why the, why the fuck not? Yeah, why the fuck can't I? Is there like a statute of limitation? Who gives a fuck? I was told the reason they were letting me go was because a promotional vehicle didn't get filled up with gas the week before. And the 10-second liner for the Nebraska lottery didn't get saved into the system. I promise. That's what I was fucking told. I, why couldn't I be allowed to say that? I don't know how to verify this. It was, it was only corn fucking spin class and myself in the room. Not physically gifted promotional director was in the next room behind a glass petition, partition, whatever. Apparently ratings, advertisers, nothing to do with any of that. And if it was, I was not made aware of it. To this day, I swear to God, it was because a promotional vehicle didn't get filled up with gas, which, whatever. It's bullshit, but it doesn't matter. Uh, and the 10-second Nebraska lottery liner didn't get saved. Now... If it was anything else, I was not made aware of it. Now, this is where it gets a little squirrely. After firing me, spin class looks at me and says, we are very, very sorry. And I said, you are not sorry. God, I was fucking fuming. Uh, Spin class handed me a piece of paper. That was like my termination letter, letting me know that I was being fired because I guess I needed (laughs) some sort of verification. Uh, Or like some sort of, you know, like (laughs) some sort of like piece of paper, like certification, I guess, telling me that I was being fired. I balled it up. I thought I threw it away, but I still have it, like, in a closet or somewhere. I've always wanted to get it framed. Um, But yeah, that that's, it was crazy. And I remember 
after the, it wasn't a very long conversation. It was an intense conversation, but it wasn't very long. And I remember as I walked out of Cornfuck's office, uh, another one of the on-air talents asked me something that had nothing, like, I don't think she had any clue what had just happened. She asked me something just very random. I can't remember what it was. Uh, (laughs) But I just turned to her, and I said at a very high volume, was I yelling? Debatable. I said, I don't know. I just got fucking fired. (laughs) If no one in the building knew before, they definitely did now. Uh, I didn't go to my desk. I walked out. Uh, I threw my monster in the parking lot. I had one of those. I had a, uh, it was one of the red tea ones, the raspberry rehab teas. I don't even like those. They taste like ass. That's why I haven't bought one since that morning. They're bad fucking luck. But yes, my tenure at KFGE Froggy 98 in Lincoln, Nebraska was over. Uh, I went out to the parking lot. Uh, A few people came out. One of the production guys, the guy who I would fill in for uh, he came out and was talking to me. The only member of the morning show who didn't have his head up his own ass came out and talked to me for a little bit. Um, what's up, Nelson? A few people talked to me. You know, if you need anything, you know, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to know what the fuck just happened and why. A car didn't get filled up with gas. Suck my balls. <laughs> Sorry. Just kind of thinking about it. I'm, I get a little. Just thinking about it. I still get a little heated. It's a lot of emotions at once. It's a lot of emotions at once. And whew, the immediate minutes after getting fired, it was it was intense. I had no clue what to do. That was my immediate reaction. It was like, all right, well, now what? You know? Like, it was all gone. It was all gone. My shift, my listeners, friends at the station, my key code for the door didn't work anymore, homie. I was out. That was it, bro. You're done. Yeah, yeah, we know how much you did. You drove out here from across the country, nothing to your name. We know you got an apartment, picked up a part-time job at the laundromat because we didn't pay you all that well. Bro, these months of depression and loneliness, yeah, we are well aware how hard it was to make friends and how many packs of ramen you ate for us. Thank you, appreciate it. Remember the frog suit we made you wear? Yeah, remember walking around in that, sweating your ass off? Oh, 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 remember last week? Yeah, I know, you were just with Cornfuck at a show. He said you were doing a great job. 100% thank you so much for the listeners. Now get the Fuck out. Pack your shit. Peace. Bye. Thanks for setting up those bike racks, too. We appreciate it. There's a Walgreens down the street. Pick up some Icy Hot. What the fuck, man? What the fuck? That's all I could think of. Went back to my apartment, and it occurred to me my lease on the apartment wasn't totally done. I think I was like a month or two out, and I was now unemployed. Now I'm just some asshole in Lincoln, Nebraska who got fired. I called my family. Those were like the first pu- uh, couple people. Doe Eyes, actually. Oh, yeah. Old, old Trouble was the first person I told. Uh, I didn't know what to do, man. Panic was setting in. On top of the shame of being fired. You know, I was ashamed of myself for being fired. Like, you know. I told one of my instructors from Sheffield, the broadcasting school I went to back in Maryland. I called him. <laughs> he goes, congratulations, you're officially a radio DJ. Thanks for the joke, but my life's falling apart, bro. <laughs> I got back to my place, and I was I was pacing, man. I was calling people. Fuck, I don't know what to do. Uh, Miss Trouble came over with a triple Baconator from Wendy's. It's my favorite fast food burger. Triple Baconator, four-piece nug, and a Frosty. That'll put your ass to sleep. Or take your mind off getting fired and your life beginning to fall apart. <laughs> so, So she brought one over. 
I ate a triple Baconator, and then I completely broke down and cried for about 45 minutes. Hard crying. Kind of crying where you're like, you're fucking exhausted afterwards, you know what I mean? Especially after smashing a triple Baconator. This was the second time I was crying over fast food. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't long ago. I was in the parking lot of a Raising Cane's bawling my eyes out over some chicken tenders. <laughs> Doe eyes held on to me like I was a blubbering baby, man. Because I was. Thought my life was over. Nope. Party was just beginning. My life wouldn't really come crashing down until months later. This was just the pregame warm-up for what was going to happen in just a few short months. The next year was really going to be something. Good times. Good times. All right. It's a good place to cut off, I think, on this one. The next episode, I encounter militant Christians in North Carolina. I make really stupid decisions, and I start to prime myself for the eventual nervous breakdown that would totally send me over the edge. Oh, it's all in good fun. Hope to see you on the next one. Be cool. Be yourself.